Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 15 of Take It or Leave It, where we discuss the hottest topics in the world of workplace leaves, absence management, and accommodations. I'm Josh Seidman, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, friend, and colleague, Meg Toth. Meg and I are here today for the first of our two-part holiday and year-end episode to discuss some leave of absence and accommodation highlights from 2022 and projections for 2023 that are sure to stuff your stockings and leave you pining for more. That's right, Josh. There sure is a lot that's happened in the leave of absence management space this year. And 2023 is poised to make a fa-la-la-la lasting impression on employers, too. And don't worry, we promise the holiday puns will be kept to a minimum, at least once we're through our opening. (laughs) Yes, yes. For those of you who aren't slayed by this intro, uh, we have good news. As you can tell, puns aren't really our thing. Uh, So we'll be sure to stick to leave of absence topics from here on out. Completely agree that we should pass on any more puns going forward. And luckily, we have something much more entertaining in store for today. We're going to be covering California-specific leave of absence management and accommodation topics from 2022 and those that are expected into 2023. Thankfully, we will not be alone in covering so much ground. California is first up for today's episode. Our next episode that we already mentioned is going to cover the nationwide topic. And we are joined by one of our wonderful California Labor and Employment team members, Anne-Marie Zaltel. We are just so excited that Anne-Marie is going to be joining us for today's episode. Compliance with federal, state, local employment laws has never been more important or more challenging, especially for clients with employees in California, where employment laws deviate significantly uh, from employment laws in other U.S. jurisdictions. And clients look to Anne-Marie for practical, proactive solutions to help them avoid litigation and to develop best practices and compliance initiatives. Anne-Marie's extensive broad-based employment litigation experience in federal and state courts, legal knowledge, and nearly two decades of experience advising employers provide her with a unique insight to the challenges that employers encounter as they strive to comply with a complex and constantly evolving set of employment laws across the U.S. and particularly in California. And I do want to add, at a personal level, Anne-Marie has been such a wonderful mentor and friend for me and in my career at SciFarth. We've been in the leave counseling trenches many times for many years. And it is always so great when we get a chance to work together, including for the first time on a podcast. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Josh and Meg. It's great to be with you today. And thank you both for the warm introduction and kind words. And I'm just thrilled to see what you guys have accomplished thus far with the podcast. It's great. And with all of your other efforts in the leave and accommodation management space. So we are very lucky to have you lead in this effort at the firm. <laughs> oh, thanks. <for> <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank and you. I could not agree more with Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. And especially fun to be with you here on the podcast doing something a little bit different. So let's jump right in. When you think of 2022 leave of absence developments and trends, is there anything that sticks out in your mind uh, related to California that you've been helping clients with? Yeah, a couple of things jump right out. First, you know, in this post-COVID era of remote work and hybrid workforces, a lot of California employers who previously, you know, may have had one or two physical locations 
now have employees working throughout the state. And so previously, they may have been governed just by the statewide California paid sick leave law, which provides, you know, it's a fairly minimal amount compared to a number of other jurisdictions. It's three days or 24 hours of paid sick leave each year. They now may have employees working in a number of the California cities that have their own separate, more generous paid sick leave ordinances, such as San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley and Los Angeles and Santa Monica and San Diego, to name a few. And so we have had to really regroup with clients and who may not even quite frankly know that the fact that they have employees working remotely triggers those laws. A number of employers mistakenly assume that they have to have a physical office location in the jurisdiction to be covered or that they have to have, you know, a certain number of employees in that particular jurisdiction, which is the case for a number of employment laws. But the sick leave laws really, for the most part, you know, not all of them, but for the most part, they apply when you have one or more employees working in that location, even if they're working out of their home office. So that really is the first issue. The second is just the number of employers who are adopting or are starting to use their unlimited or untracked PTO or vacation time to comply with their paid sick leave obligations or are interested in doing that. Yeah, and Marie, those are spot on. Exactly two of the biggest trends that we've been seeing on our end too. The remote hybrid work for sure, because all the local sick leave laws in California has its own little patchwork, are more favorable in a lot of ways than what the state law brings to the table. And then the unlimited PTO topic, you know, we covered that you know earlier in the year in a couple of episodes. And it always sounds good when companies think about unlimited PTO initially and say it out loud, but then when they start putting pen to paper and trying to work through how the program will work, there's a lot of bumps in the road. So completely agree. Big, big hot topics for 2022. Another one, when we think of 2022 and really the last few years that can't be ignored is is COVID-19 and the pandemic. You know, we've spoken a lot on Take It or, or Leave It and, you know, through other leave absence management accommodation forums like webinars, for example, on COVID paid leave mandates. But what, from your perspective, has happened with COVID-19 paid leaves, you know, in California in 2022? Sure, absolutely. So back in February of this year, the statewide COVID supplemental paid sick leave law was reinstated retroactive to January. It does expire on December 31st of this year. At least that is, you know, we have not heard any indications or seen any signals from the legislature of reenacting a statewide supplemental COVID sick leave law. Also expiring at the end of 2022 is the Cal OSHA exclusion pay that has been in effect all throughout 2022. And that standard, it's the Cal OSHA COVID emergency standard requires employers to basically pay employees during the time they are out with COVID if they contracted COVID in the workplace, regardless of whether they have any COVID supplemental paid sick time available. 
And in 2022, you have not been able to require that they exhaust their COVID supplemental paid sick leave before this COVID exclusion pay kicks in. So those are both ending. So statewide, as of January 1st, 2023, there will be no COVID paid sick leave law in effect. However, there are still at least two COVID supplemental paid sick leave ordinances in effect. First, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles COVID supplemental paid sick leave is in effect and the ordinance provides it remains in effect until two weeks after the city declares the COVID local emergency has ended. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Los Angeles City Council voted to end the COVID local emergency as of February 1st of 2023. So unless something changes, the Los Angeles COVID supplemental paid sick leave will be ending two weeks later. So by my calculation, that is February 15th of 2023. Yeah, that's great. That, that L.A. city mandate has been uh, has been around for so long. I feel like I, I wasn't sure if it was ever going to go away, frankly. So that that's some good news. Yeah. And, you know, unlike a lot of the other ordinances that had you know, clear expiration dates. This one, you know, since it was tied to the end of the COVID-19 local emergency, really for past year and a half, we've been guessing when that might, might come along. So finally is here. San Francisco also, they took a different approach. As you know, they passed a public health emergency leave that is really broader than COVID. So San Francisco, the public health emergency leave will, will be on the books, you know, indefinitely and, and applies to COVID and, and will apply to other public health emergencies. And that is, you know, in addition to the regular San Francisco paid sick leave available under the general San Francisco paid sick leave ordinance. Wow. It is. I mean, it's just quite incredible that three years later, we're still talking about these COVID public health emergency leave laws. They really have changed the landscape quite a bit, like the one in San Francisco. And I know we have laws like that all over the country that are going to apply to future public health emergencies, which I hope we don't see many of, of course. One other additional point I forgot to mention, I would not be surprised if the California, the the state legislature looks at San Francisco and enacts this coming year. I know you you mentioned we would be talking about some 2023 things to look forward to. And, you know, one prediction I have is that the legislature will consider, and I think more likely than not, if COVID continues, like we've seen upticks in Los Angeles and San Francisco just in the past couple weeks in COVID cases, and there's rumblings about reinstituting the mask mandates, If if these outbreaks or surges continue, I quite frankly would be very surprised if the state legislature did not adopt a broader public health emergency leave like San Francisco. It solves the problem of having, you know, these temporary COVID-19 paid sick leave ordinances that expire. And then, you know, in 2021, it expired. And then in February, oh, no, we're reinstituting it. And we're reinstituting it to January. I I think they'll just take a a different approach from now on. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, that would be great. <laughs> it's been it's been something. I've had some companies asking about that, Amory, and I won't put anything past California, but that feels like where the trend is sort of you know heading and projecting. So I'm I'm glad you said it because I I was afraid to, but I don't want to put it out there in the universe. But I'm with you. I, I I feel like that that's where this could be heading. Wow, that's that's definitely super interesting. Is there is there anything else that you're thinking about for 2023, or that you you know think is going to be important for our listeners to know about in 2023? Yeah, that's a great question, Meg. Oakland and LA County, the unincorporated areas of LA County, also have separate COVID paid sick leave ordinances on the books. Those likely also will be expiring in the very uh, near future, as will the Los Angeles City COVID sick leave that I mentioned before. So as we move further into 2023, in terms of COVID sick leave in California, we're really looking at the San Francisco Public Health Emergency Leave and then any statewide public health emergency leave that the legislature decides to enact. Great, great. Well, I'm, I'm happy those are, are, are winding down. It's been, uh, like I said, it's been three years of tracking the most volatile, I think, part of, of paid leave, even compared to regular paid sick leave laws. These COVID leave laws have been coming and going, feels like every other day. So uh, that's exactly, that's- <laughs> exactly. And especially at the beginning of the pandemic, they were so poorly drafted because they were passed, you know, after two hours <laughs> and right. uh, just with all these emergencies happening and, and, and just, it'll be nice to, to get back to just regular statutes and ordinances that are passed with more uh, thought and deliberation and edification. All right. So so speaking of topics that we're so fond to get back to, uh, non-COVID regular paid sick leave. So let's put aside all the COVID public health emergency leave stuff for a few seconds. And when we think about regular good old fashioned paid sick leave laws, what's happened in 2022 that's noteworthy? And what's to come in 2023 from your perspective that we should let our listeners know about? Absolutely. Well, there haven't been a lot of developments in 2022. There is the uh, in the non-COVID sick leave space. Most of the developments in California for the past few years have really been in the area of COVID paid sick leave. There was after the statewide California paid sick leave law was was passed in 2014 and went into effect in 2015. A number of cities passed their own paid sick leave ordinances, including Los Angeles, Santa Monica and San Diego. Since that time, it has been relatively quiet, except West Hollywood passed a pay time off ordinance that went into effect in July of 2022. And that pay time off ordinance applies only to non-exempt employees. And even if you don't have a physical location in West Hollywood, coming full circle, remember what I said at the outset about remote or hybrid workforces and it's really important to confirm that you don't have employees who are covered who are working from their homes in the city of West Hollywood. Otherwise, that ordinance might be triggered. Come 2023, the California statewide paid sick leave law has been expanded to add another family member, and that is a designated person. And this is someone who, quite frankly, is 
any person uh, designated by the employee. And the employee may designate the person at the time of taking or requesting the state paid sick leave. So it's really to provide care to a, a designated person. A little bit of a silver lining is that the employer may limit an employee to one designated person in a 12-month period. So it's not like one week the employee can designate their next door neighbor and then the next week designate their third cousin twice removed and you know, be taking sick leave literally every week to care for someone in their circle, in their circle of orbit. It's it's not, uh, it doesn't quite work that way. A number of clients reached out to me after this was passed and were under the impression that, you know, employees could literally take it every day and just designate a different person each time they wanted time off from work. And it's not that generous. Otherwise, the only other development you know, there are some developments outside of the paid sick leave space, but I assume we will um, get there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Interesting to hear about the designated person. I wonder if that will get any steam elsewhere, but also good to hear there's some guardrails around it. I think that's a pretty common question we get. So switching gears a little bit here to paid family and medical leave, has there been any changes in the paid family and medical leave landscape in 2022 or anything that you're keeping an eye on for 2023? So nothing in the area of paid family or medical leave in California, but there have been some developments with respect to unpaid leave not just in 2022, but in, in recent years. So, so back in 2021, the CIFRA or California Family Rights Act, which is essentially, it's the statewide FMLA equivalent, that was expanded. And so it applies to much smaller employers, those with five or more employees, unlike FMLA, which only applies to employers that have 50 or more employees. In 2022, the statute was amended to add a designated person as a covered family member. And in recent years, grandparents, grandchildren, siblings were also added. So the California Family Rights Act covers many more family members than the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act. It also applies to much smaller employers than the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Yeah, the CIFRA developments, that designated person trend, you know, it's hitting paid sick leave, it's hitting the, the family medical leave world. Uh, like Meg said before, hopefully it stays contained in California, although I'm not not optimistic. Uh, I think other other states might look at that and see if they can can replicate it uh, in the next you know year or so. Another trend uh, or topic that we've seen popping up in a number of states and that we expect to see more of in the coming years, including in 2023, is bereavement leave. Can you tell us a little bit about the developments from 2022 in this space in California? Yes. Yeah, so there has been a statewide, it's, it's effective in January, a statewide California bereavement leave law goes into effect. And, you know, quite frankly, most of our clients already have paid bereavement leave policies on the books. The statewide California bereavement leave, for those clients who do not have paid bereavement leave, the statewide bereavement leave may be unpaid, but as of January, California employers are required to provide up to five days of bereavement leave 
that need not be taken consecutively. So employees may take a day to attend a funeral and then, you know, a couple more days, you know, the following week to wrap up the family members' affairs. The bereavement leave employees have 90 days to take those five days. If you offer paid bereavement leave, then that time must be paid. If you offer, for example, three days of paid bereavement leave, then the California bereavement leave, you know, the three days would be paid and the two days, the additional two days beyond what you already offered could be unpaid. But keep in mind for exempt employees for that day to be unpaid, they can't perform any any work on that day, which would include things like checking emails and responding to emails or checking voicemail. So you want to be really careful before you have a day of unpaid bereavement leave for an exempt employee. The family members it covers are pretty broad. It covers parents, children, spouses, domestic partners, grandparents, wow. grandchildren, and, and siblings. So it's a pretty broad statute, but Quite frankly, a lot of our clients already offer some form of bereavement leave. So it's really been a matter of reviewing and revising the policy to make sure that in total, California employees are receiving five days off and revising the policy to indicate that the days don't need to be taken consecutively and can be taken over that 90-day period. Also, the statute, unlike the California statewide paid sick leave law, the bereavement leave statute does allow an employer to require certain forms of documentation as proof of the family member's passing. Some employers opt to require proof, others do not, but that option is available and the statute delineates what constitutes sufficient proof. Oh, got it. Got it. Well, there certainly is a lot going on in California. It never disappoints, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps us all Um, on our toes. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. We can always always count on California to keep us busy. Well, this this was just great, Amory. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you all have heard, tons of activity in California in the leave of absence world and plenty, plenty more to keep an eye out on in 2023. Great. Well, thank you both so much for having me. It was great to talk with you this afternoon and hope everyone has a great holiday. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much, (laughs) Anne-Marie. Thank you. Take care. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode of Take It or Leave It. We'll see you next time.